Hey guys, it's Billy Kidd. Thanks for choosing the Man Up with Billy Kidd podcast here. This time around, talking with David Blaine, magician, illusionist, absolutely amazing, possibly from another planet. And here is my podcast with the amazing David Blaine. Good. How's it going? Everything's great, man. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're so laid well, back on the phone. Well, thank you for thank you for doing this interview. We really appreciate it. Of course, coming to the Tennessee Theater here on June 21st. Looking for an exciting yeah, I'm show. Excited. Yeah, looking for an exciting show as always. Um, how you holding up, man? Yeah, I'm good. Just been been pushing it night after night. So so far, we're still up and running. The show hasn't broken down or collapsed, so that's a good sign. And hopefully, I'll be able to make it through this tour, which, by the way, is the most difficult endurance challenge of my career. So forget living in a box for 44 days with no food. Forget standing in a block of ice. Forget all that. This one, the endurance of it is more difficult than any of them by by a long shot. Okay, so explain to people why that is. Well, night after night, I'm doing all these different physical feats of endurance combined with magic. So I do one piece where I'm in the water tank, and the kids in the the theater get to walk around the tank and see it. And then it's a night after night in the show, I'm doing physical feats of endurance combined with magic. So... I'm holding my breath every night. I'm doing the human dragon, human fire hydrant, which means I put a gallon of water in my stomach, drink the kerosene, spit out fireballs, and then extinguish it. I'm doing, you know, the the old sword swallowing type feats. So I'm doing everything combined night after night. So it is, it is a labor of love, but at the same time, it's also the most difficult challenge of my career. My goodness, what compels you to want to do all this other than money? Uh, money actually has nothing to do with it. Really? I think if I was, yeah, it's my, yeah, that's why I've never really taken any, you know, I've never gone to Vegas and done all those types of things. Touring is, is even though it seems like a, 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 a great, you know, money generating thing, it's, it's actually for me, I'm putting so much into the show that I don't really pay attention to that. So the show may sometimes even cost more than uh, actually putting it up. And my whole career has been based on those decisions. So the way I make decisions always, and I've been lucky because my mother taught me this, she said, never, ever, ever make a decision based on the temptations around it. Make the decision based on your heart. So I've always thought along the lines of, would I do it for a dollar, basically? And if the answer is no, then I won't do it for any amount of money. If the answer is yes, I'll do it for free. So, and I think that's kind of kept me able to focus on just the drive of what I'm trying to do with the magic, which is, you know, push myself and discover new things and constantly learning and trying to get better and better and, and never settling. And, and that's what's exciting about me is I think always trying to do things that, that or at least it keeps me excited is trying to always do things that are new and unique and, and create an experience that nobody's had before. So that, that's the drive. On the phone right now with uh, the world's greatest magician in many people's uh, eyes, David Blaine, who's coming to Knoxville on June 21st. David, what compelled you to want to do this? And what, when you were a child or when you were when you were growing up in your adolescent years or in your teenage years, whatever, what compelled you to, to want to, to get into this business and do what you do? Well, you know, I think most kids, at least most of the kids I knew when I was young, all had a love for magic, obviously, but I just kept doing it because my mother, when I would do simple card tricks to her, would run around screaming and 
thought it was the most amazing thing she'd ever seen. So I kind of believed that it was, even though it was just simple mathematical card tricks. But I kept pursuing and trying to do more and more, and I was just always entertaining her and her friends. I never did it to the kids at school other than my best friends because, you know, you don't want to come off as, as somebody too strange. So I kind of kept it to myself other than my closest friends. But I, at age 10, I entered a magic competition and, and won, won in the, you know, at this magic camp. And, and uh, you know, I, I just kept working on things. I just kept doing magic and kept loving it and started meeting great magicians around the world and guys that were the best at doing what they did and started sharing and learning and pushing and creating and that that was kind of the the road that led into it and then obviously reading and discovering guys like Houdini and all these incredible performers Ricky Jay wrote a book called Learned Pigs and Fireproof Women and it's filled with all these fascinating characters that did these specific skills and so I didn't believe that they were restricted to one person because my theory is if one person could do something could be done by others so once I see something being done by somebody I would say oh maybe I could do that and then I would push meet people meet experts meet doctors scientists and try to push my body to the point where I'd be able to do these things that seemed impossible but actually could be done you have done so many amazing stunts I can I call them stunts is that offensive yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. Okay, stunts is not offensive. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm just thinking about all the ones that you've done. You were um, the one that called Drowned Alive back in 2006 where um, you broke the record of 8 minutes and 58 seconds. How can you hold your breath that long? And how long have you held your breath uh, record total? Well, every night on stage, I'm usually pushing myself each night a little bit further. So every single night on stage, I have the water tank and I'm doing the breath hold and, and I'm usually going further and further. So 8.58, I've passed already on the tour. And, uh, and, and, and I think, you know, by the end of the tour, I'll probably do longer than I've ever done. Either that or the other scenarios, you know, what I don't want to happen, which is what happened to Harry Houdini, where he after the show, after his water tank collapsed, was rushed to the hospital where he died. So I have a good team around me of Navy, a Navy SEAL that's trained in breath holding and, and knows how to observe for the signs of something's going wrong, and he'll jump in and save me. So I have a very good team around me, but I do push to the breaking point, but at the same time I have faith that things will be okay. In April 30th, night, uh, 2008, ten years over 10 years ago, you were on Oprah. You held your breath, made a Guinness World Record, 17 minutes and four seconds. How in the world can you do this? Well, that was that, that was for three years. I'd done nothing except for focus and train on that. So that was that was my 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 only focus in life was holding my breath. So therefore, I just kept pushing and slowly got further and further, and eventually got the world record, which. Somebody's taken away from me since then, but but it was a pretty uh, it was a pretty astounding moment in my life because I started to hold my breath when I was five. I read about Houdini holding his breath. I knew that he was able to do three and a half minutes, so I broke three and a half minutes in my early teen years, and then eventually discovered free divers and that they have really serious techniques to do breath holding. And started training with them. Went went and trained with the Navy SEALs a little bit started sharing my techniques and started to push it further and eventually, you know, was able to do numbers that were only 
rumored that nobody had seen that were just hypotheticals, and then that became the new world record. My goodness. Dude, three minutes? There's nobody listening right now to this broadcast that I know of that I would think that could hold their breath for three minutes. Maybe a minute. I think I could hold mine for a minute, but that's it. And um, Well, the average, the average, no, the average human is about a minute, but right. if you just practice purging and just hyperventilating and then holding your breath, and then you do that three times in a row, usually you can increase your time. You can almost double it each time. So I'll take any person and within less than half an hour, I'll get them started a minute. They'll double, the, double their time on the second one to two minutes and double that time on the next one to four minutes. So I've, I've brought people up to four-minute breath holds in large groups with very short periods of training because really the body's capable of much more than we believe. So it's, it's able to adapt to survive in ways that you can't imagine. So that that's one of the things that drives me in my search for being able to do these seemingly impossible things is, wow, we're really capable of much more than we think we are. Wow. And you, and like what you were talking about, the hyperventilation. So that, uh, what you're doing is you're charging up your cells with oxygen and getting them over, uh, I guess, overfilled with oxygen. So they've got that. So you can uh, go that extra minute or whatever, right? Yeah, it's close to that. Really the reason Kinda? we need to breathe is not because of the lack of oxygen. It's more because of the CO2 buildup in our bloodstream, which becomes very painful. So when I heard about a kid that was trapped underwater for 45 minutes in an icy river, I I thought, well, there must be something, some way that he was able to survive that. So when I started talking to doctors and physiologists and guys up at NASA, they said, yeah, the body has blood shunting, meaning all of the blood rushes from the extremities to the vital organs, like when you're cold, and it basically protects your your brain and your heart, your, your everything by giving the necessary uh, oxygen cells and the red blood. So basically, your body is able to control itself to survive in these situations. So there is a method. So when you do the breath holding, it's more about being able to resist the pain from the buildup of the CO2, which is the alert, meaning that you need to breathe. But really, you have quite a bit of time after that. Not. Now, just no, I don't recommend anybody tries this, and kids should never do this in water because if you black out underwater and nobody knows, the next thing you do is you breathe in the water and drown. So there is, yeah. yeah, so there is obviously, you know, precautions and limitations that should be taken at all times, but, but I usually have a great team around. I'm never doing it by myself. Even when I go free diving, I'm always, you know, making sure there's eyeballs on. Wow, some uh, crazy, amazing stunts that you've done over the years. Uh, the block of ice that everybody saw. Um, you got international news on that. You've had international news on a whole lot of things, brother. You are uh, you are a superstar, as they say in the trade, and you're bringing it to Knoxville on uh, June 21st, Tennessee Theater. Looking forward to that, man. You're springing summer I'm tour. David Blaine Live. Yeah, it's also very interactive. So I'm out in the audience, I'm bringing people up on stage, and there's a lot of the interaction that goes on and people laughing and reacting on stage is really fun. And before the show begins, because I can't eat food on any day that I have a show, so I have low energy. So half an hour before the show, I'm usually wandering around the audience and doing magic and and getting myself energized to begin the show. And I also have a great kids magician, the the best kids magician in the world, who kind of opens for me because some parents do bring their kids even though it's a scary show and some of it's hard to watch so he 
he keeps them all occupied. But ironically, when I do my stuff, it's usually the parents that are covering their own eyes, the kids that are fine watching. So hard to say. I've seen much of your uh, much of your uh, stunts on obviously on YouTube and other places and on your website davidblaine.com. Man, I could talk to you for a long time. This is a radio interview I'm doing right now that we're going to air to promote your show coming up June 21st, but I'm also going to put this on my blog because it's fascinating oh. and the things that you have done oh, and you. in case people are just now getting turned on to David Blaine, probably the world's greatest magician, illusionist stunt man whatever what else would you label yourself sir nah, i'm just just a performer and there's lots of great magicians out there there's lots of guys that are just mind-blowing that i love so well i just, can, I just love the i just love the ability to be able to do the the things that i love night after night on a stage and combining them all together and it is an experience that i think nobody else ever will be able to do or can do because it's it's one of those things that if you were to try to train somebody to do these things, you'd be, you know, uh, ethically, morally, you know, in every sense of the word, you'd be completely out of place because you don't really want to push somebody to do these types of things because they are really that defying endangerments. But at the same time, for me personally, there's a drive, which is how far can you push yourself and what can you do? Like, what are we capable of? So that's that's what I love about it. And absolutely, and uh, many many of the uh, stunts that you do, and I keep calling them stunts. I feel like that's kind of cheesing, but but uh, I guess they are stunts. But whatever you want to call it, I mean, m- most are totally inconceivable that how this could possibly happen. It's the question: How do you do that? And that's what everybody asks you. I'm sure you've had if you had a nickel for every time someone's asked you that, you probably wouldn't have to be on the road doing shows now. But uh, just absolutely amazing, David Blaine, right now on the radio with me. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to, to being there. I hope you make it. Yes, sir. We certainly will. I will be there Thursday, June 21st, 8 o'clock show at the Tennessee Theater. David Blaine live. If you don't know who he is or you hadn't thought about him or caught up with him in a while, go check him out. Check out his website at davidblaine.com. You can look on YouTube and see things there that he has turned loose. But you don't give away all your secrets, do you, David? No, but uh, I think lots of the things that you'll see, uh, it's nice because people that aren't sure whether it's real or magic they can come watch with their own eyes they can come see it up close and 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 they can make their own assessment of what's going on sure no trick photography when you're right there live in the audience right that's right and unlike tv if something goes wrong live you can't edit that out (laughs) no you can't (laughs) well hey thank you so much for taking time to talk with me david blaine i appreciate you sir thank you nice Well, there you go, my podcast with David Blaine. What an amazing individual that guy is. And cool guy to talk to as well. Once again, thanks for listening to my Billy Kid podcast. And man up, people.